Welcome to the B&E Podcast with Brandon Colby-Cook and Evan Schulte. Exploring the creative process and finding the balance between artistry and industry. Entirely uncut and unscripted. Well, hello, Evan. It's another podcast day. You don't say, Brandon. I don't say. Well, I did, actually. You did? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Because you were introducing this thing. Well, it was one hell of an introduction. Yeah. I like to think it, so. Yeah, it was, uh, it, it was unexpected. Well, that's what I'm going for. Yeah. You know, I'm going for the unexpected. I'm going to keep everybody on their toes. I'm going to keep myself on my toes, because I don't even know what I'm going to say. Yeah. But that's the thing, right? This is the not-so-serious Sunday, and a not-so-serious Sunday, we don't know what we're going to say. And you shouldn't either. Yeah. Even though you've read the title, it's all a surprise. Yeah. You get to hear us discover what this whole talk is about. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know what? I want to change things up today as well. Go for it. I want to talk about the beer right away. Uh, you know what? It's been a long time since we've just opened with the beer. Yeah. I mean, we always wait until I kind of near the end, we wrap up about the beer, but I'm kind of excited to introduce this one. Mm hmm. It's you, really good. Yeah. You like it? Yeah. Now this, we have definitely not had on the, on the podcast before. Yeah. It's it, a brand new brewery. Well, brand new. Yeah. Basically they're, they're really super small, but they got a bunch of stuff coming out. Yeah. Well, I'm going to right off the bat, I'm going to shoot this one out there saying this is an IPA. It's, it's got all that hoppiness goodness. Um, but it's kind of mellow at the same time. It's got a nice mellow malt to it as well. Uh, like a lot happening. It's very rich, very flavorful, but nice and refreshing. Mm -hmm. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. So why don't you tell me what this is? I think it has some fruity hints in it too. Uh, so I've never had this before. This was a, uh, this was kind of, uh, saw these guys was new. I love their marketing. Um, this is super flux beer company. Oh, so not all their cans. I don't think look like this, but, uh, this beer and based on this really bright rainbow looking colored can, um, Anyway, it's called happiness, this beer, and it's an India pale ale, 7% alcohol. So watch yourself. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, basically, um, right now it's, uh, uh, Strathcona brew company is basically hosting them or whatever they, so that's who they're going through. Yeah. But Superflux is new. They're local, they're small. Um, and they got some stuff that's hitting the market, but, um, yeah, I mean, apparently a lot of this stuff's really good and I've, this is the first beer we've had from them and I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's marketing really good. Is awesome. Um, you know, a lot of, I've been noticing a lot of, uh, a lot of craft brewers, uh, in the city. And I think this is something that's happening all over the place for craft brewers is this whole thing of guest taps. I've been seeing those pop up all over these little collaborations or guest tap from somebody that isn't, you know, isn't them, but they're, but they're cooking it up and they're putting it out there for, for people to taste and enjoy. And, and I think that's great. I think it's, it's helping to grow the community. It's, you know, it's, it's a real, a spirit of, of collaboration Mm -hmm. and support, you know, people who just love making beer and, and, 
everybody wins. Well, maybe that's a, you know, and I, I'm not going to say that's what we're going to talk about, but maybe that's kind of something to lead us into this conversation about like, you know, that whole guest tap idea about someone bigger helping out someone smaller mm. and kind of, um, you, you know, using, uh, their, their say, um, capacity, their, their means, their, their, their fame or their whatever to help someone smaller kind of get seen and get put out there at the same time you know, this smaller, uh, beer company bringing a really good beer that, you know, whoever the, the bigger company can kind of back and say, Hey, like we really like this, we stand behind it, you know? And I think that has a lot to do with like kind of the mentorship model, um, which is something that I've been speaking about a lot and encouraging, you know, in our world today is I think that if, you know, back in like, you know, back in like, you know, Roman days, like, you know, Greek and all that, right? Like, that's kind of how things worked. It used to be a little bit more mentor protege type of situation, especially like with like philosophy and things like that. And Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you can take a a famous kind of duo, which is the Socrates and Plato kind of uh, situation where, you know, they, Socrates was kind of the mentor. Plato, Plato was the the protege. Or was it Aristotle? Was it Socrates and Aristotle? Uh, Aristotle and potentially. I don't, I don't know. I can't remember. I I'm not that good with like when all of these people were floating about. And, <laughs> and well, I mean, the point is, is that, you know, that we, we pass down knowledge. We also, um, we build a certain capacity to be able to host things. I mean, you know, even as we do this podcast and we bring guests on, you know, the bigger we get, the bigger we create a forum for someone else to be heard or seen or whatever, communicate their voice. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, it's, it's this mindset of abundance. It's this mindset that by helping someone else, it will actually help you. It will help everything. Whereas I think sometimes people get caught in this model of like scarcity where they think, well, if I, if I help this person that somehow that hurts me, or, you know, if they succeed and I don't that, you know, I, I gave away my, I gave away my opportunity or something. Yeah. And I think that, you know, in, as artists, you know, that's something where, I think the scarcity mindset really hurts us, but, but having that abundance mindset, we're looking at how you can help and looking at, you know, not everybody is going to turn around and help you. Not everybody's going to be grateful. Um, and I don't think you should do it to try and save the world. I think you should do it. Um, this is just my opinion, but I think you should do it honestly. And when I say honestly, I mean, do it selfishly. And, and the reason why is because even if you say you're doing it for someone else, yeah. you're still really doing it for you and be really honest about why you're doing that. Like if someone when I'm always suspicious of when people say like, I want to do this thing to like save and change the world. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's great. That's awesome. I yeah. love it. But why are you doing it? Like what, what, what is it about saving the world or doing this for you that you want? And like, that's such an important part about the whole giving and sharing and mentoring process. Because I think what happens is there's just this kind of, the reason why people don't help each other. And the reason why people get in the scarcity mindset is because people aren't being honest with each other about what they really want. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, and, and I understand where it comes from too, is, is a lot of people, it's something that we feel judgmental about in terms of doing something for ourselves. We're taught that it's a bad thing to do something for ourselves. 
and we have this mentality and it's just like, well, no, I mean like there's gotta be some component in it. That's for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's like, it's, it, it always has to be there. Uh, what you're saying reminds me, I, I saw a quote, I am going to be able to quote it accurately and tell you who, who actually quoted it this time, which is a rare thing for me. <laughs> but Rumi said, um, yesterday I was clever and tried to change the world. Today I am wise and change myself. Hmm. Um, I like that quote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, there's got, you got to get over the judgments of saying like, Oh, I want something or I want to do this just for me. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's the judgment about it that creates, that creates issues. And, and I've heard lots of people, I've heard Elizabeth Gilbert talk about this, this very thing that like about the creative process in her book, uh, big magic, but there has to be something in it for you. There does. There always has to be something in it for you. It doesn't mean that you're, it's not going to be great for other people that it won't have a a bigger impact out in the world and people who are going to see it or, or, you know, digest whatever it is that you're doing and learn and grow from it. It's, it's a symbiotic relationship. You know, they're, they, they have to be together Mm -hmm. because, and, and it fits in with some of these old adages too of, um, like with screenwriting, write something that you would want to see. Mm-hmm you're writing it for yourself. Yeah. But you're also writing it for everybody else. Like it's, they can't be separated. And if, and the moment I think that you, that you try and make something just for you or something that's just for an audience, you've fucked yourself. Totally. And everybody else, (laughs) everybody gets fucked. (laughs) Yeah, no, totally. You you know, it's, it's interesting too. And and this is the thing that I would say that, that I've kind of a wisdom or, or a bit of knowledge that I've come across in my journey. And I would really want to stick with the audience is that just because you're being selfish doesn't mean you're not giving. Let me just repeat that just because you're being selfish doesn't mean you're not giving and helping everyone else. But we live in a society where people believe that selfish means that you're excluding everyone else, but you're not. Yeah. And I think the thing about selfish is it's become this bad word. You know, it's bad if you're selfish, you know, or when people, people use other word, like, and I want to get into this too, childish, Mm -hmm. you know, childish and selfish. Um, they have parallels between them and I'll explain in a moment, but we've taken these words, we've just made them blanket bad and they aren't, I mean, like when someone's like being childish or they're being selfish to me, I look at that and I go, well, you're being honest. And the thing is, is that maybe you're not being considerate, but you're being honest because mm-hmm. that's what you want. But the thing is, is that wisdom and experience and like mindfulness and, and humanity, we go, well, can I get what I want and also help everyone else get what they want? Thing is, is that when you're being selfish, you're always making an impact on everybody else. And I think what people don't like about selfish is when someone's selfish and they're hurting other people to get what they want. Well, don't, that's not what selfish is. That's just inconsiderate. It's a different word. Selfish is actually, I'm, I'm clear on what I want, but I'm considerate enough when I go to get what I want that I don't take from you or hurt you as I do it. Yeah. Right. So selfish 
does not mean it's synonymous with inconsiderate. And that's the thing that I think we need to kind of start to, and we'll be more honest in society if we're like that. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And maybe it's like, and it's sometimes it's the language, the language itself just brings up all, all sorts of stuff. Um, someone else who, who went on a similar train that I remember reading this some time back again, one of my favorites, Dan Millman, mm. um, in one of his books, I want to say it was everyday enlightenment, but he talks about the, this word self-centered and he's saying like, there's nothing wrong with being self-centered. What we've made that mean is wrong. But if you think about what it actually, the, what the word is actually composed of self and centered, like being centered in yourself, Hmm. you know, it doesn't mean like being, um, you know, an absolute prick, which we've kind of made it mean. It's like, no, being self-centered just means like being very much in who you are, right? Knowing who you are, knowing what you want, knowing the things that you're going for and kind of being unapologetic for that in some ways. And again, that doesn't have to mean, because again, we make it mean that like, Oh, that means I've got to be a, like a total asshole. And I've just got to like barrel through anybody who's around me, Yeah, you know, and, and, and who cares? It's, it's has nothing to do with that. I think it's just, it, it is, it's about being really honest with yourself and with others about what's really true for you. Mm -hmm. The things that, and, and I think that as artists, that's so important for us. We need to draw strength wherever we can, we can find it because we're working in something extraordinary, extraordinarily vulnerable. So to find strength in being in clarity and honesty, I think that that's, that's really huge. That's really huge. Yeah. I think that's what, I think that's what we're kind of boiling it down to is that, you know, clarity and honesty and, and, you know, in this podcast, I mean, we always are trying to figure out how do we be authentic? How do we be in integrity? And like, if you're lying about what you really want, even if it's just yourself, like you're not intentionally trying to lie to anybody, but you just made selfish wrong. And so now you're not allowed to ask for what you want, Mm -hmm. but you have to kind of, I mean, let me just suggest that sometimes people, because they're not allowed to state what they want, or they believe that at least they go about it covertly. They go about it going, well, I really want this, but I'm just, you know, whatever. But like, they don't even know what they want anymore. It's so covert. They don't even know. And then it muddies the water because no one's really being real and authentic with each other. Yeah. But like, it can be sort of two faced. Yeah, it is kind of two faced. And it's like, that's the thing though. I also want to say like, it doesn't make you a bad person that you've been not being honest with yourself, but what you really want. It, it's just a byproduct of this is how society has confused us. You know, like, yeah, I've actually heard, um, people take the word of selfish and take it back and they call it self full. They say, Mm. I don't say selfish. I say self full. And I I like, if that's what someone needs in the beginning, I used to say self full just so I could change my concepts around the word of selfish. Right. And feeling okay to ask for something. Right. Yeah, totally. And, And sometimes you need something. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's about you. Sometimes it's not about everybody else. And, you know, and I think that, um, it it also comes down to valuing yourself too, which is another part of being selfish or self full is being, 
having enough value in yourself where you go, well, this is what I want. This is what I would like, or I need, or I'm going for. And I'm not going to apologize for that. That's what I want. But like, it doesn't mean that you going for what you want somehow takes away from what anyone else wants. Yeah. Like, and I think that that's the thing. Like we, we sometimes don't, it's just a word that's been used and it's been used like inappropriately. And it's been used more as an attack and an insult than it has been as like what the word really means. And like, you know, the way you took like self-involved or, um, uh, whatever you want to, you want to take it. Like, um, it's, if you're being self-involved that that's necessary, you know, sometimes it needs to be about you looking inward and looking at what you need, you know? And I think that we, we can live in a society of martyring, you know, where we're always giving up everything of ourselves to try and, and to what end, you know, like to what end do, are we, if everybody, if no one will take and no one will take what they need and everybody just is starving, but everybody's giving their food away, but everyone's just giving their food away, you know, or their, or their resources away or whatever it might be. And we're all just starving at the end of the day. Yeah. And then the one person who eats is somehow bad. It's like, no, you guys all want to eat. Like it's not, it's not about, and, and then you just start to look at, okay, well, this is what I need. But sometimes you maybe don't take what you want or need because you realize that there's a negative effect if you do. So you maybe go, okay, well, I'll take, I, I, you know, I want this, but maybe I won't take all of it, or maybe I won't take it at all, or maybe I'll just take some or what, what it might, whatever it might be. But you kind of start to consider the effects of, of everything. Yeah. 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 I I think it's, um, yeah. I mean, like I've, I've heard, uh, the expression, um, you, you can't feed the world by starving yourself hmm. or recently on like the new Dave Chappelle stand up. Really? Just, that- the, he, well, he'd kind of comment, like he didn't say that exactly, but he was, I can't remember exactly what he was talking about, but it was like, it's like, yeah, it's like, I know there's people, he's like, I, I know there's people starving, but I still want lunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Like it doesn't like, you're not necessarily going to help anybody by, you know, depriving yourself of what you need. Right. That's a, that's a really good way to put it. I mean, that's, that's exactly it. I mean, you know, and I think, um, you don't need to feel guilty for having more resources or more availability to something else just because you do. I mean, you know, um, I've been having a lot of talks with people about just money and and things around money. And I think we all have our little thing around money and some of us have had people with money, have their things about money. Oh yeah. Either way. Right. And like, you know, um, we have meaning around money and we have, there's been things that have been built into our, into our society around money, especially if you live in North America, like, you know, that we live in a world where, where the economy thrives on the fact that we spend money. Right. And yeah. so consumption, part of, part of the system is, you know, for it to work, there's certain amount of consumption and a certain amount of money that needs to be moving for it to thrive the way that it's set up. Yeah. I'm not saying whether that's good or bad or whatever. It just, it, it kind of works that way. And so, you know, people, um, like little history lesson here. Okay. We go to the great depression, you know, people put their money into like stocks and whatever and things like that. And then they realized all their money could go away if they didn't have their hands on it. So people started putting money under mattresses. They started hoarding it. That's yeah. what they called it, hoarding it. And so now hoarding became a bad thing you know, it became, if you collect and you take all this stuff that somehow that's bad now. And so, you know, what ends up happening is you create this kind of like, well, you're, 
you're selfish or you're not good for keeping what is, you know, what is yours. And so, um, the world turned even more into a, like, well, we got to get people to take their money and spend it. And now we live in debt culture where, where what they want is they not only, they not want people to be hoarding money, but they want people to be collecting debt because if you have debt, then you're always paying money because you're always paying money on debt. Right. And so selfish, like what, you know, what I've kind of come to my realization in, in relation to money and stuff like that is that you want to get yourself to a place where, you know, you have enough resources where you can actually have enough ability and freedom to do something. You know, you don't want to be owing money and always owing and always be starving and always be in survival mode. And I think that's the problem with like martyrdom. It like gets you to the point where you're, you're always in need. If you're always in need, you're not helping anybody. Like in a weird way, you've got to get yourself out of need to help others get out of need. Yeah. You know, and I think that we live in a society where, you know, we've been taught to feel bad when we're out of need, when we're, when we're, when, when things in our life are kind of like taken care of. But I think also like, you know, there's many other factors. I mean, there's, there's kind of this other problem that comes out of that, which is another, maybe another talk, but like where people get so comfortable that they don't even move in their life anymore because so much stuff is taken care of. Right. But that's another issue. But like we kind of had a bit of a talk about that on the last podcast. Right in some ways about just changing things or creating yeah. movement. And yeah. And so I think when you get too comfortable, then maybe go back to that last podcast and, and, and think about change a little bit more. Yeah. But you know, um, and sometimes even in survival mode, you know, if you want to change yourself out of survival mode, like change is always good, I think. Yeah. But, um, you know, th- this is the thing I think like w- we need to disconnect that taking care of ourselves is somehow taking away from other people. And we need to see that taking care of ourselves is actually what helps us to take care of other people. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's not always the easiest thing to do just because, I mean, I think this is a pretty widespread thing, but I know here in Canada, it's like, especially, you know, in, in Canada, there's very much an attitude of like, you know, the humble, you know, like low key, sort of like mentality. Yeah. And there's some very admirable things about that. However, um, it's, I think it's something that's, and it's not just in Canada. I think there's, it's, it's a pretty universal thing. Um, maybe in Canada, it's a little bit, (laughs) just like a little bit more, um, that this sort of thing happens. Uh, but yeah, you make this, um, you make this virtue out of like really, um, you make this virtue out of, out of being so selfless and there are virtues with being selfless in some regards, but when it starts to turn into, um, this sort of this sense of victimhood and resentment, Mm -hmm. which I see a lot of, going on out there. It's just like, you know, people are like, I do so much for other people. I sacrifice, I sacrifice so much. <laughs> Nobody ever gives back to me. It's just like, well, are, what the fuck do you give yourself? Right. What well, do you give yourself that, you know, that's, I've heard that before that sacrifice is a total myth. Yeah. And that's, that's actually one of the greatest lies of our entire society is that sacrifice doesn't really exist because 
if we were honest about what we were getting out of the exchange, we would never look at it like a sacrifice. Yeah. Like I've heard it said, it's like, you know, like, like, you know, the parent that's like, Oh, you owe me. I sacrificed. It's like you decided to have kids. You decided to do it. You decided to take care of the kid. You were getting something out of that, whether it was being a good mother, good father, good, whatever. Yeah. Or you you want you, or you, you wanted to be a parent. Yeah. Or you didn't. That was, and you have to deal with the effects of not, but either way, there is no, there is no sacrifice. You either decided to be who you wanted to be, or you decided to um, skirt the issue and not be who you wanted to be. And you have to deal with the effects of that regardless. And this is life and choices in general. Yeah. That in general that we make and, and taking responsibility for our choices. And I think the more that we learn to make conscious, conscious decisions Mm -hmm. and, and choices in our lives, then the whole notion of sacrifice becomes a a further and further and further removed from our lives. But sacrifice, I think is a word that keeps us stuck in a sense of scarcity and lack and, and feeling resentful and like the world owes us something and feeling like victims to the world. And I, it keeps us locked into that place. I mean, you can go into the psychology as to why we do that. I mean, it, it comforts a certain part of our ego to be like, Oh, well, you know, this, all of this shit just happened to me. Yeah. Right? Well, that's, and, that, and that's the biggest lie of all is that all this shit just happened to me. I mean, I think you, you kind of were, were on it. You're talking about choices and decisions. They say that the only people who are at the whim of the world are the ones who don't make decisions who sit on the fence. Yeah. So, you know, and that's a decision in itself, but that is the decision to be at the whim of the world. Now, if you want to be at the whim of the world and you want to feel and experience being at the whim of the world, don't make decisions, see what happens. But they, they say that it's most likely what's going to happen is that you're going to take the easiest choice. You're going to take the one that causes the least pain. You're going to, you're going to do things that are very natural that way, but you're going to probably get the most mediocre results because you know, the easiest thing, the thing that causes less pain, um, is, is going to tend to be what everyone does. It's going to tend to garner the, the most, um, plundered garden, so to speak. But if you make decisions that are hard, if you make a, a choice and you could be wrong, you can at least stand behind, Hey, I made that choice. I I did that. And now regardless, now I, now I can decide what I'm going to do here. But if you're at the whim of the world, if you've made a choice like to sit on the fence and it didn't work out the way you want, now you just feel like, man, it didn't work out the way I want. And like, now I'm going to keep not making a choice and just hope that it does sometime work out the way that I want. Yeah. And like, if that's how you're doing life, I mean, don't just don't expect to get your dreams and goals come true. I mean, that's, that's the exchange. Yeah. But if you want to make decisions and be willing to make mistakes, then you can, you can start to look at how you're creating a situation where you're authoring your dreams to come true or not come true. But like, at the end of the day, you can always go like, well, I didn't, I did it or I didn't do it. Mm -hmm. You know, like, and that's, that's something like I've been facing too. Like I've been really looking at my life and how, how I've been in indecision around certain things. I mean, I think that, um, and indecision is, is one of the things I've been discovering recently. Yeah. Indecision is one of the worst states to put yourself into mentally, emotionally. And then it starts to become like physically demanding, right? Not making decisions. It does. It's like, it's, it's absolute 
indecision is like the, usually the worst part of any major like life event is like, is not making a decision on something. It's when you're stuck in that place of just being like, oh, I don't know, like I could do that. And you know, and then you just, you sit on it and you sit on it, sit on it and just eats up your, like it occupies your mind. And it amplifies constantly. the choice point. It makes the, it makes it so much more difficult. Yeah. And like, I just want to comment on one other thing too, where you're saying that is like, well, people might be saying, well, what about go with the flow? What about like, well, that's a decision. Like you can decide to go with the flow and, and, and that can be a powerful decision. You can be yeah. like, go with the flow means I'm not going to like, I'm not going to force what's already in movement. I'm not going to like the flow. Like imagine you're in a river and the river's pushing you this way, or the current of the ocean is pushing you this way. You're not going to fight that current. You're going to go with that current, but within that current, you still make choices. Yes. Like go with the flow doesn't mean like, Oh, I'm just totally at the whim of this flow. Now it's like, no, you, you recognize that you're the, the universe or whatever the world is taking you this way. You don't get a decision about that but go with the flow is a little bit like I'll be responding to how I deal with it. To how I feel I'm being directed Yeah, and making decisions to say, it's like, Oh, okay. It seems like this is happening here. So I'm going to, there's still decisions that are being made within that flow. It's, it's just you saying like, I'm not going to try and control the direction of this necessarily. I'm going to make a decision based on what I see in front of me. Right. And, and that's the other thing too, is like, we, I think it's recognizing where you have control and recognizing where you don't. I mean, in in many ways, we're always going with the flow. Yeah. I mean, sometimes we're fighting the flow, but like the, the, the flow of society, our city, our, our province or state, our country, it's, it's the world, it's all going in a certain way and we can kind of influence that flow. But like us in ourselves, like one person, we only have so much impact and like, you know, I don't know. Have you ever done like white water rafting before? Uh, no. Okay. I've not. Well, I've done it but... a lot and I've done it where I've, I've done it as a group and I've done it as like a single occupant going down like in a boat. Okay. Yeah. And, um, when you're in a boat, like a bigger boat with a group of people, you have more power, but you usually have one person that's kind of leading and going, okay, like paddle or, yeah. okay. Or back paddle or do whatever. And so everybody kind of needs to work together and you together as a team, you recognize the danger, but if only one person paddles and everyone else doesn't, well, you're going to run to the rock and you might Mm -hmm. flip. And that's kind of, you know, and so people, um, create a certain amount of power together. And it's quite amazing what you can do because you're being taken by this river. And when it gets really white and it gets rapid, you know, into these rapids, you realize how kind of out of control you are and you kind of just got to hang on. Yeah. But then there's other times where you're just in a small current, but you actually can do something about it. And life's a lot like that. And like being as a single occupant in a boat and going down a river and going down a river, I didn't map out or didn't know what was really coming. I knew there weren't any waterfalls that I was going to fall off, but I knew that I was going to be dealing with it. Um, you, you have to respond as you come up to the next obstacle. So sometimes you're going to come up against rocks or some type of rapid and you learn how to just respond to it as it comes. And life's a lot like that too. Like there's going to be things that are going to happen. Like, you know, a family member gets in a car accident or, you know, or, um, some, some thing breaks down with your car or, you know, or you, you know, or whatever, like there's just all sorts of things that happen. Someone has a health issue. You know, these things come up in life. 
And then we respond to them as they come. And, you know, you live enough life, you start to realize that everything doesn't go to plan all the time. You know, we have an idea, we have a plan. If things go perfect, this is how it would be. But like a lot of the time, something goes wrong somewhere. And going with the flow is like going, okay, well, I'm not going to force what I want to happen. I'm going to respond to what's actually happening. And then I'm going to pivot. I'm going to, I'm going to deal with that. And, you know, and I think that if you start making decisions, you stop getting frustrated that you can't always go from A to B in a direct line. Yeah. Sometimes you got to go in a roundabout way. You just don't get, we just don't always get what we want. Yeah. But, but that's to be honest about what we want. (laughs) Yeah. And the thing is, is that, you know, there are times it's like, it's good that we don't get what we want. If we just always got what like we thought we wanted. Yeah. Cause that's a big part of it too. It's like, it's like, you know, there's a bunch of shit that we think that we want. And when you really get down to it, it's like, uh, you don't really want these things. So if we always just got what we wanted, yeah. it wouldn't be good. We would, we would destroy ourselves. I think you said that recently. <laughs> <laughs> well, we would, and you know, things wouldn't be special anymore. Everything would be, would be, would lack meaning. I mean, you know, easy come, easy go is, is a saying and you know, it's a bit cliche, but it's very true. You know, yeah. easy come, easy go is, you know, like they say with gamblers, um, the, the issue with a gambler is that when they win money, they usually, especially if they have a big win, they'll give away all that money or they'll spend it all back into the casino because they believe that whatever they first invested was the only money they really had. Mm. So like, you know, it takes a person to be like, mindful to say like, Oh, Hey, like, you know, this is, you know, what is this value? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because if it's, you know, if it's like, uh, you know, if it's, if it's, if you get everything you want too easily, it's not going to matter. And then, and then, you know, and, and people don't think much farther past that. They go like, just imagine for a second, like, I mean, uh, what was his name? Um, he was in the mask and like all those movies that Jim, oh, Jim Carrey, Carrey, yeah. Jim Carrey said, I hope you get everything you want. So you know, it's not what you want. Right. Or what yeah. you need or whatever. But like, that's the thing. If you got everything you want and everything becomes totally accessible and so easy, you start to realize that it's, it's not what you wanted, but it was what you thought what you wanted would get you. But if that is too easy, then it becomes another thing. And that what we don't realize is that there's always like a higher level. There's always like once you, once you burst the bubble that you think you need to burst to be totally happy, you realize that there's just another bubble. Yeah. And then once you burst that bubble, you realize there's just another one. And so it, it, you know, it starts like if we stopped being motivated so much to like try and, um, make everything so easy, we would actually, we could start living life. Like, mm-hmm. like in a, in a way we would never want adversity to go away. And I think that's what you're getting at. Mm-hmm because adversity is what brings us a lot. Yeah, right? absolutely. And mm. you brought up a word motivation mm. in this, and this is really interesting. And this actually kind of ties into a lot of what we've been talking about here. I I've recently saw this video, a friend of mine had posted it. And, um, this woman is talking about basically her thoughts on motivation. And she's just like this whole idea of motivation is absolute bullshit. (laughs) Oh yeah. I think I saw this one. Go on. It was, and I thought like, this is so, this is so good. Um, she's like, we are wired to be like unmotivated to a degree. Like we're actually like the way that we work 
we don't want to do things. Like there's a, a certain part of us that uh, and, in, and it really gets kicked into high gear when there's hesitancy. Because for all of the things that that we are actually quote unquote motivated to do, we just do them. Right? Like what and but we don't necessarily think about it, right? It's just like, okay, well I'm gonna have something to eat. That's a motivation. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanna sit down and watch TV. That's a motivation. And mm-hmm. we just do it. Mm-hmm. Right? We just we don't think about it. We just do it. We decide to do it. Yeah. And so it's fine. The problem is, is that, and it, it, she was saying that it again, it comes down to decision. She's like, you hesitate. And that moment of hesitation, there's a whole part of your brain that goes, hold on. What the hell's going on? Yeah. Holy shit. And it starts flipping out that there's something wrong. Right. It takes it as a red flag. It takes it as a red flag. And, and we get thrown into a fear cycle about something as opposed to making decisions right? Like remove the hesitation and make decisions. And suddenly your mind just becomes calm and shit starts happening. Things start getting done. You know, it's interesting. Like, uh, okay. Like, I mean, okay. And this kind of parallels to what we're talking about here. Cause I remember some, that, I remember regard. that talk, but, um, we're kind of, we're talking about decision. We're talking, there's a few things that are kind of going at play here right now, yeah. but um, you know, it, the thing is, is like for a guy, right? Like for, like for guys, we tend to be a little bit more driven to like pursue women and people can say, oh yeah, well the guy's always supposed to make the first move and that's, and that's just it. But it isn't actually so much that as it is because in many ways, it's a lot harder for a guy to get a girl like to date a girl than it is for a girl to date a guy in, in most scenarios. Like, like on the average, like a woman could be like, you know, um, Hey, like I want it. Like, for example, let's just say sex. If a woman says, you know, I, I want to have sex with a guy, she'll probably have a few guys that would be interested. Now they might not be the kind of guys she wants. I'm not saying that they are, yeah. but she'll probably have a few guys that would probably be game. Now, I'm just speaking on the average now, but for a guy and even a really good looking guy, he might say, Hey, I want to have sex. He might not have any takers, not immediately. Like he might actually have to. So there's a scarcity kind of dynamic going on where it's a little harder. Mm -hmm. So it's a little more adversity to get what he might want. So then the adversity element makes it a little bit more important that way, you know, makes it a little less important. So sometimes like the thing that's harder to get is actually more meaningful. We'll, we'll find more to go for than the thing that's harder to get. The thing about the hesitation thing, when it comes into that is that, you know, if you really want to get what you want in life, in my opinion, you have to stop thinking and simply do, you have to do without thinking. And you know, I know that like, I know some people who disagree with that. They think, oh, you need to think, you need to think and think, and you need to consider all the consequences and all of that. Yeah. But like to some degree, yes. But if you think too much, you will probably paralyze yourself in my experience. Yes. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. Cause like, I don't, it's not necessarily about not thinking because 
you do need to think about some things, I believe. Yeah. Um, but make it's making those decisions quicker, you know, making, I, I, I think that it's like, you know, yeah, think about it for like, give yourself maybe a, like a set amount of time, especially if you're a person who is constantly in indecision or doesn't, um, puts things off or, or waits until like the 11th hour before (laughs) making a decision on something. It's like, give yourself a set time, you know, maybe if that's just like, okay, I'm going to sleep on it. And then, but then I'm making a decision, make a deadline. Like I'm making a deadline for, for a decision on it because, and, and I was, uh, talking about this again recently, cause this is another thing that I saw because decision has been something that has been getting thrown at me a lot these days in terms of learning the importance of the power of, of making choices and decisions on stuff is that, um, and it's also, sci- they've now have strong scientific evidence out of UCLA to say that decision making choices and making decisions makes you happier. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the big sort of thing with that is saying most people are trying to make the perfect decision on something and abandoning that whole concept is key to being a decision maker. Yes. It's like, don't try and make perfect decisions, make decisions that are good enough. Yes. That will like, you know, in, in a weird way, it's like, what? It's like, yeah, basically make the decision that will do. Yes. It'll do. <laughs> That's really, I think, what separates um, a lot of people in in what we would call successful positions is people who are just willing to make decisions on shit. Because most of us are in paralysis of, of indecision on stuff. Especially, and and a lot of the times it doesn't even really make a difference which way you go. It's just like just one way or the other. Just choose something. Well, and stop waiting. And I think the other thing too is like, you know we can be a little bit more decisive about things if we're, if we have established a certain amount of like, like no go rules. Like for example, you know, like, you know, maybe don't steal or don't physically hurt anybody, you know, yeah. or whatever. Like you kind of know, don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like have some things where you go, okay, well I, I, I don't want to do that. Right. But like, here's a, here's the thing. Like I would never want to bully anybody or hurt anybody's feelings or, you know, or, or make fun of anybody. You know, I wouldn't want to do that. I was in a, in a social group and, um, I made a joke, um, in the social group and everybody laughed and the joke was harmless in, in what it seemed. I don't think anybody really felt offended or, or thought that the person was being made fun of but that person called me later and they said, you know, I felt really like you kind of picked on me. And I said, you know what? Thanks. Cause I didn't mean to do that. Yeah. And the thing is, is in the moment, you know, I, and we, we had a big long talk, it opened up a great conversation. But if I was thinking about like offending somebody in that moment, I would have never made the joke. The moment would have passed. It would have been over. Yeah. And the thing is, is in some ways I made a mistake cause I, you know, insulted a, you know, a friend or acquaintance. But now the thing is, is that like, I can learn to be more mindful about how I interact with this particular person yeah. and just about how maybe I, I, I look at like, you know, and the thing is, is like, 
if you're always worried about offending somebody, you're never going to be funny. I mean, yeah. you know, like uh, if most, like there's a comedian actually right on Netflix right now. I don't forget it. I don't remember his name. I do forget his name. Um, but he, uh, he, he said like, if you're not offending somebody, it's probably not funny. Like somebody is the butt of the joke, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's, and, and the thing is, is like, it's not so much a problem that we're offending people as much as it is a problem that people are taking offense. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so like, this is kind of the part where, you know, like if we're always watching our foot, trying to take care of everybody else all the time, we may never express ourselves. You mean, you might as well just keep your mouth shut always and always be mindful. Like just never say anything inappropriate. Yeah. But like life, like I've tried that. I don't think it's a good way to go. I would rather yeah. someone offended me. And then if I could talk to them and say, Hey, you kind of offended me. They can go, Oh shit. You know, like as opposed to, but I mean, it's, it's intent too. It's like, if they're being malicious, that's another thing. But if they're like, you know, if someone makes a joke and then I happen to take offense to it, I might also just want to, instead of even talk to them, I might want to just look at like, why do I take offense to that? Like, like, why is that such a big issue to me? You know, because you know, and this is the thing as I think like, we're so worried about hurting other people's feelings that a lot of the time we don't do the thing we really want to do. Yeah. And the other thing too is, and this is my last note on this whole thing is we don't actually hurt anybody's feelings. They hurt their own feelings. Right. But we live in a society where we believe we hurt other people's feelings. It's like technically they control their own feelings. We don't, I don't make anybody feel anything. So like, you know, if we lived in a society where people took responsibility for how they felt because they actually are responsible for all yeah. they feel, then we could live in a society of total free speech because people could say anything and everybody would be like, all right, well, they said it, but why does that bother me? You know yeah. what I mean? But what fear is that bringing up for me? You know, for me. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. This is almost a whole different discussion on, you know, the things that, that we take so seriously you know, like that's like comedy is not for people who take life seriously. Um, because comedy, uh, as I've been learning, like comedy is about the absurd. Comedy is about finding the absurd in everything, which is remarkable because you can find absurdity in everything. Yeah. And you put it in the right way. And it's just like, and it becomes so joyful even if it's something so dark. Right. And, and I've said this so many times, but I think this is what's so amazing about comedy is that, you know, and again, people usually get offended by uh, a lot of, um, jokes and, and certain comedians stuff. It's like, well, you know, you're taking things a little bit too seriously and losing the fact because so many comedians, and I've seen a lot of them do this, you know, they do like a pretty edgy joke to sort of our cultural standards at this point in time. And they'll just be like, guys, it's a joke. <laughs> like, it's a joke. I don't think that we should go and just murder people or whatever. <laughs> right. Like, you know, I don't think that this is right. I'm not condoning this behavior, but by allowing us to kind of laugh a little bit and, and kind of breathe almost into some of the subject matter, mm-hmm. we're better able to understand it and talk about it and, and 
heal some of these things. But I think a lot of people who get offended by it are people who take it seriously, who think that it's condoning certain actions when, and to be fair, some people do take what comedians say as like, oh, well, this is all right then, you know, and, and that's another topic that we've discussed before about like responsibility. What's your responsibility as like an artist hmm. to society kind of thing? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, you know, you're, you, I think you're, you, I, think I don't know if I'm, I've kind of gone off on a bit of a tangent. I think here. you're onto something. Cause I mean, what we're like, we kind of went on to this whole thing about the selfishness and like, um, we we're talking a lot about like the, the collaboration and the connecting and all of this stuff. And I think that, you know, and, and we, we, we touched on sacrifice, we touched on choices and motivation decisions, all this. And I think that's the thing is like, you know, if you're, when you're motivated, you simply decide, you don't think about it. Yeah. And, um, I think the way to crush motivation is to hesitate. You know, if you want to start killing off your motivation, start hesitating, start getting on the fence, start wondering and whatever. Um, I think that, you know, there's decisions where it's best to just count to 10 and take a breather and move away. For example, you get super angry and upset and you want to say something really mean or vile to another person, take a breather, walk away. Yeah. That's not a good one to but, act on. I mean, but that's a decision. Well, it's a decision. But the thing is that so often it's like, we don't make it a decision. We just like, we, it, it becomes something that we fall victim to right. or something as opposed to saying, it's like, I can't confront this right now, or I'm not going to confront this right now. I'm stepping away for 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> decision made. Right. Right. And I think, you know, like, cause we've been talking a little bit and I, we haven't really said the word, but impulse, you know, we have impulses mm. to make decisions. And I think that there's a time to trust your impulse and there's a time not to. And I think if your impulse is going to do something that's maybe unhealthy to somebody else or to yourself, like that whole, this whole idea of, and you say it quite often, it's like, don't, don't hurt yourself. Don't hurt anyone else. And don't break anyone's shit. Yeah. That's really the rule. Like basically if you follow those three rules, you know, my friend Megan, uh, she came, she came up with that. She tells her, her grade school or elementary school class that, and I think that's a great rule. Those are great rules for life. Don't hurt yourself. Don't hurt anybody else. And don't break anybody else's shit. If it does any of those three things, take a breather, like make a decision to, to not do the thing. But if it's not going to hurt you or anyone else or break any shit, you're probably okay. And like, you know, for example, like, you know, when I was in college and I I like, I always like pairing things back to romantic relationships because it doesn't matter what field you're into. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Romance is something that I think we all want, whatever it might be. We all want connection somehow. And, you know, guys used to always ask me like, you know, like, cause I, you know, I, I didn't have trouble dating in, in college, you know, it was never an issue, yeah. but like, there was one thing that I learned at a young age was that if I saw someone I liked, don't think about it, just go up and talk to them. And it's scary as hell. Cause you're already going towards them and you're like already in the movement or you're already saying the thing and you're in the middle of it. And you're like, you know, and, and I, I'll tell you, like, it's rarely ever as bad as you think it will be. Yeah. It, you know, sometimes, sometimes you get a response that's like, you're like, Whoa, what the hell is that? But the thing is most of the time in my experience, 
people are just so surprised that you're talking to them and you've broken a conversation with them that they're just thinking about themselves trying to respond to you. It's really not about you as much as you think. But I will say that most times when I hesitated, even a little bit of hesitation, it made it and amplified the difficulty of it more and more and more. And I, I would have these moments. I remember like, you know, where I'd hesitate, where I'd see someone I liked and I wanted to talk to them, but I'd second guess myself. And then I'd be looking at them and I could see them. They're they're somehow picking up my signal that I'm looking at them and they look at me and now I haven't made the move. And now it's getting even weirder. Now I'm the guy looking at her. You know what I mean? And so like, I think that's how we got to kind of look at some of our goals, you know, like with our goals, if you really want it, if it's something that aligns with what you want, then go and put yourself in there. And then like, once you start making that first decision, then you can go with the flow a little bit, but you'll be in movement. But if you're not even making that first decision, if you're like going, I don't know if I'll talk to her, maybe I'll talk to her or him or whatever it might be for you. Yeah. You know, you you look at it, you go, okay, I'm going to go talk to her. Then just get rid of your expectations, get rid of everything else, but you're in the motion of, I'm going to go talk to this person. Well, cause I think the process is like, it's very much to, put it in maybe it's most broad format is decision and then respond. Right. You make the decision and now you're responding to what's happening. Right. Right. And eventually you respond to a certain point where then you're asked to make another decision. You have to make another decision. Like that's really kind of all it is. That's a lot of what life is, is decision, respond, 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 decision, right? Respond, 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 (laughs) decision. I think, right. I would say that most times you have to make a decision or you're put in a position where a decision must be made where it's difficult to make is when you find yourself still and, and stagnant and not moving because when you're moving, you're simply responding, but when you're still, you're an object in motion. Yeah you need, you're always in motion. That's the thing that we have to also understand. We're always going with the flow. That's never like not happening. So we decide if we're going to be totally in, in that flow, or if we're going to make some type of movement. And I think it's okay to be in flow. Sometimes I don't think we always need to be say running our own motor, so to speak, you know, propelling ourselves somewhere. Sometimes, sometimes the momentum of the world, the momentum of the team, you don't have to, you, you don't have to do much for it to kind of be getting you going somewhere, you know, but sometimes you need to, you're going to, you're going to have moments where you need to make a decision. And I think like in those moments where you're still it's, and you, and you have something you want that comes up, you got to act, you know, there's that book, the secret. Um, (laughs) and, and I, I always like talking about this because I, I reread that book and I looked at it and I looked at it a little closer And my, when I read it the first time, I remember everyone's all hopped up on the secret and all this, but I remember when I read it the first time, I'm like, they spend so little time on the actual action. Mm. Like, it's great to have this vision. It's great to have all that stuff. And I think that's necessary, but like they kind of, in my opinion, sold the book on the idea that you could just have vision and everything would happen for you, which yeah. is why a lot of people felt disappointed. But if you watch the documentary, read the book, which I've seen both, I've seen that and read, read the book. There's a small part where it says in it, and they just don't put enough focus on, in my opinion, that if say you're, you're looking for that romantic partner, if you see someone come along and they seem to be like that, what aligns with your vision, 
you need to go and talk to them because there's an opportunity that just presented themselves. They're not going to necessarily, if you're just going to sit there and wait for them to talk to you, there's a good chance it's not going to happen. Or give them a signal, you know, open up. Like, you know, I, it was interesting. Like I was on, uh, I was on the sky train the other day and you know, there was a girl and I, and, and it was interesting because, you know, she was on her, she was so occupied with her stuff the whole time. You right. know what I mean? And I was just kind of like going like, oh, I'd like to say hi to her. But then again, you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be the guy that interrupts. And I was kind of like thinking about what I would do. And then I was like, you know, as we were going through this, this kind of like, well, I was going through this kind of process in my mind. It's like, well, okay, like maybe I'll talk to her. Maybe I won't. Let's just like kind of assess here. Is, is she approachable? And, um, you know, for the first little bit, like, it's just like, there was really, it would have been interrupting her. You know, she just had so much that she was like occupied, like headphones in all of this stuff. The moment she took her headphones out, And like, it's like she looked up and like saw that the whole world was around her. And then she kind of like looked at me and she kind of smiled. And I was like, okay, great. And I'll talk to her. There's an opportunity. But had she not tuned out, I probably wouldn't have done it because there was no signal there. And the thing is, is I was looking at it going, well, um, you know, and so I was looking at a situation I go, and I was thinking like, I was like, how interesting maybe I'll talk to her. Maybe I won't. I was considering what I would do. Yeah. But I was like considering the effects of like, maybe she's tuned out cause she doesn't want to talk to anybody, but there was no outward signal there. I think the thing is, is that we, if we want something, we also need to be approachable for it to come to us. Like that's sometimes yeah, it's not just need about to be open to it. Sometimes it's not just about taking an action to go for what you want, but it's about opening yourself up that what you want could actually come into your life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, for example, if you're in a, in a shitty relationship, you're in this relationship you don't like, you're not happy with, and you think, man, like I really like to be treated better. I think whatever. Well, either work on your relationship or get out of it, but make a decision. Don't be on the fence in your relationship. Don't like be like, well, I hope it all works out. Like either commit to it and figure it out or get out of it because you're never going to get what you want. If you're middle of the road, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so like that, you know, that's, that, that's part of the, the thing is I think we need to take actions and sometimes our actions are passive and sometimes they're very like active, mm-hmm. but we need to take actions that are, that are creating the opportunity for what we want yeah. to be and available. It, and at least be aware that we are making decisions even when we're not consciously making them. Right. Um, and, uh, I'm going to stick with this, this story that you're, you're telling because I can relate to this one. I'm sure a lot of people can, can relate to it in the sense of, you know, you see a person that, you know, you're attracted to, you may want to have a conversation with them. Uh, this is great because it kind of condenses everything into like a chunk of time. It's like a little microcosm of our lives, right? Right. Where you see it and you realize you, you have a finite amount of time in which you can, in which you have to make this decision. Right. And I've been in the situations where I just make a decision. You know, I think I've thought about it for just like a, a second or two. It's been like, I'm like, Oh, I think I'd like to go and talk to them. You know what? I'm just going to go and talk to them and then just boom. Okay. Whatever. And it's, you know, sometimes gone really well. And sometimes just like, doesn't lead to much at all. Yeah. Whatever. Um, and I've also been in the other situation 
where I've just sat there or stood there and been like, Oh God, should I go and talk? Mm. What would I say? Mm. Hmm. Do I, don't I? And, and then next thing you know, like my, the, the, this whole chunk of time, however long that is, like maybe like 20 minutes or something, 15 minutes, half an hour or whatever, where I've been looking at this person going like, what am I going to do? And I'm just like, my, my heart's racing. I'm all, I'm all anxious and clammy and shit. (laughs) And then, you know, and then they, they walk away. You lose your opportunity. It's like, Oh, well, okay. All right. They're gone now. And you're just like, and now you're just left with this feeling of just being like, ah, like, cause you didn't like, you made a decision, but you didn't make a decision. Yeah. You know, and it caused a lot of stress. It caused a lot of anxiety that isn't even necessary. Well, right? yeah. And I think that was the thing for me is like, I was looking at it going, okay. Cause I think that sometimes you can, you can force, you know, you can push something cause it's like she's on, she's, she's looking at her phone. She's got her headphones on. She just does not seem approachable. And yeah. I look at that and I, and I go, okay, well, like that's, you know, and I, and I'm considering going, okay, do I, do I try to get her attention and just see, and, and I'm looking at it and I'm trying to assess like, and part of me was going, you know what? I don't think I'm going to make it. I don't think I'm going to connect with this person because for me, it seems like she's not open and whatever. And the situation to me didn't seem like appropriate. So I was like, fine. So you but made but you made a decision. I made a decision. But once she took off her headphones and gave me a look and a little bit of a smile, it signaled to me that, okay, there's something, there's, there's some, there's some way that, that if I talk to her right now, it's not, I'm not forcing my agenda. Nothing happened out of it. Nothing came of the whole thing. It wasn't bad. Wasn't, wasn't, wasn't great. Wasn't whatever. It was just fine. But the thing is, is I look at it, I go, okay, well it's a decision, you know? And I think sometimes like, uh, let me share another story, which is very similar to this one. So my mom and I met up, you know, we're going and we got groceries together. We're just taking care of some errands together. I'm with my mom, right? Yeah. And a woman comes in the lineup at the grocery store behind us. And I saw her over there. I remember seeing her and being like, wow, she's a good looking woman. She comes actually lines up behind us into our aisle. So the moment she comes and lines up, um, she's got her little like sandwich in hand and I'm like, Hey, what'd you get? And she responded to me like, like almost like I, the best way I could describe it, like someone who just stuck their nose up at me. Like she was just so much, like she did not want to talk to me. And I was just <laughs> like, and she's like, I got this kind of sandwich. And it was just like, not like a smile, not anything, not anything receptive back. Like, Hey, like, you know, I'm just going to connect with you. Like, I don't want to talk to you, buddy. Like that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Don't try anything with me. <laughs> and so I was just like, so I was like, okay, well, that's an interesting response. And then I was like, is it good? She's like, yeah, it's good. I'm like, okay. I was like, well, enjoy it, you know? And that was the, basically our conversation. Yeah. And I remember thinking like after that, I was like, wow, like that was like really not an approachable situation. Yeah. But if I had not made the decision in the moment, if I had not said anything to her, I probably would have walked around for the rest of the day wondering, oh man, like I should have said something to her. But like pretty much the first response she had, I knew immediately, Oh, this is not going anywhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? But at least I made the decision and then I can move on. Yeah. And I mean, it's still like both and both of these scenarios are still this whole thing of decision, respond, 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 however it is. And another decision, 
like in the first one, it's like this girl, it's like, it's like, okay, you see her and you go, it's like, oh, like I'm, I'm attracted to her, you know? Not that this is actually like how you go in your mind. You're pretty you know, you much see some. You're just a, you're, <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I mean, most of us like you know. You see somebody yeah. you're attracted to. You're just like you're just attracted to them. You don't think I'm attracted to this yes. person. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you just are. Yeah. And the decision is like, oh, do I say something to him? And so you're taking, you're responding to what you're getting. It's like, oh, like they're consumed with this and that. I could interrupt them but I don't want to interrupt them. You know what? I'm not going to, I'm not going to approach it. Fine. You made your decision, but then they take out their headphones, they get off of their phone or whatever. And they, and it's just like, so you respond to that and they look up and they smile at you. You respond to that and you're like, Oh, okay. Now another decision. It, you can completely make a decision against the initial decision. If you want to, that's the other thing about this whole thing too, is you can always change your mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can like always you can, respond. That's you can thing. always respond. And then with this other situation too, you see and you said you made a decision. It's like, I'm going to say something to him. I'm to this girl. I'm attracted to her. So you make a comment and she responds in a certain way and you respond in a certain way and you go, I'm going to leave it. New decision made. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, you know what? I'm not going to push this moving on. Right. That's, that's really what decisions are about is about moving on and moving forward. And you, you know, you, you, you helped me to see this in another way too, because I wasn't looking at it this way, but I was making a decision, which put me into motion. And once I was in motion, then I could respond to that direction I was already headed in. Yeah. Had I not made a decision, had I sat on the fence, there would be like, it, it's hard to respond because you're not in or out. You're just kind of there, you know, or I was just, I, I would be just kind of there. And, you know, you know, it's an interesting thing. Like I, like, you know, we don't, we don't have to, I think with decisions too, we don't have to work as hard as we think. I think, I think where I get stuck on decisions and maybe other people can relate to this. Maybe you can too, but is where I get too worried about what the outcome needs to be where I get caught up in that. Oh, if it doesn't work out this way, that somehow there's something wrong with me or whatever. And I make it into this bigger deal than it needs to be. And like, you know, the girl there at the, who had her sandwich at the grocery store, who I instantly talked to did not want to talk to me. I don't know why. I'm not really sure. Maybe she thought I was going to hit on her. Maybe she had a boyfriend, maybe a whole bunch of stuff. Maybe she just didn't like me at all. You know, maybe she's having a bad day. Maybe a whole bunch of shit went on. Yeah. But regardless, I, you know, I was detached at least enough from what would, what the outcome would be. And I think where, when I usually get caught and I don't make a decision to talk to somebody that I want to talk to is I get caught up in the idea that, well, what if they, don't want to talk to me. What if, what if, what if, and it starts to get into this whole, like, well, why, why is any of that stuff bad? Like at the end of the day, what happened? I was in a lineup at a grocery store and I said hi to a girl and asked her about her sandwich. I mean, yeah, she didn't want to talk about her sandwich or whatever. Like, do I need to make that about me? Like, do I need to make, you know, and that's the thing about, I think decisions is that, you know, you could look at that as a failed attempt to connect with another human being right? Maybe you could look at it, whatever, but like, 
regardless, that's what decisions are. You, you don't always know where the decision is going to lead you. If it's going to work out the way you want. And you were talking about this earlier. We try to make our, our decisions too perfect or too precious. Yeah. And like, I think that's the thing we got to let go of the result and be like, okay, well this is going to go whatever it's going to go. And when it does, I will respond. Well, and the thing is too, is that like, you know, you go, it's like, well, I want to, you know, make the right decision and, and yada, yada, yada. Uh, the thing is, is that the decisions you make when you're at a point where you've got to make a decision on something, no matter what, the decision you're making is, is something to create motion. Yes. That's really all it is. And the thing is, is that we're not making decisions to, that are going to be steps backwards. You will never make a decision to step backwards. I think that's another realization I'm having in this. It's like, no, like no matter what, we are always making decisions to try and grow to try and improve our situation yes. no matter what. So there's no sense in being like worrying about making a decision that's going to make things worse. No matter what, you're trying to make a decision to improve something, to move forward or create motion. So this whole thing, like, yeah, you don't know what the outcome is going to be, but the intention, no matter which decision you make is there. So I think we get a little bit too caught up in a lot of shit that we have no control over, Mm. right? As opposed to creating the, creating the movement, which is really all that I'm realizing that decision is, is about. It's really about creating movement, getting yourself in motion of some kind, right? And then you respond. It's yeah. really not such a, and when you think of it that way, it's really not such an intimidating thing. You know, you don't have to pile everything on. It's just like, no, this is just to get me going. That's all a decision is doing. It's that it's a firing gun of sorts. Go. Yeah. Start. I think, you know, and I think with decisions too, is we should never blame the decision for being the wrong decision. If it doesn't work out the way we want, I think, you know, you were, you, you brought in another element of decisions, which I think is so vital and not talked about enough is that we make a decision and then we start responding. And I, I, we don't talk a lot about the responding because I think what happens sometimes, and I know this has happened for me where I make a decision, but instead of responding to the feedback I'm getting, I keep trying to force the outcome of a decision I've made. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. And, like, and sometimes you got to like respond, like, that girl, I think about the girl at the, at the, in the lineup with her sandwich. And I think, man, like she was giving me clear signals that she did not want to talk. She just was not interested in whatever. Now I could have maybe tried a little harder to break down some walls, maybe made a joke, maybe whatever. But like there was a, I was responding to her and, and how she was responding to me. And you know, like, I know what it's like when I talk to somebody and they want to talk, they, they, they open their body language. They, they respond with a certain tone. There's communicational cues that I am, you know, experienced enough to know when someone wants to talk and when they don't. So I responded to her and at the end of the day, it all, it's all fine. Yeah. But like, I think where I get into trouble is when I have made a decision that something needs to be a certain way and it needs to have a certain outcome. And I've made that decision. And then 
I'm getting feedback that it's not going that way. But instead of listening to that feedback and responding to that, I go, nope, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. And then it starts to become kind of pushy. And at a certain point, it just, you know, either you force your way through and you probably kind of end up with a subpar result anyway, even if you get what you want, it's not, you know, you forced it or you try and force it. And it's like, you, you know, you, you're trying to jam a square block into a circle hole. It's just yeah. not going to work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I think this is, this and, is an important part of this whole and thing. And sometimes it's like, you know, and, and this might be woo for some people, but the, the things that don't necessarily have the outcome that, you know, we're aiming for is still entirely necessary. Hmm. Um, I love how you used woo woo, by the way. Yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> You've come a long way, sir. I know. I know. I've heard lots of other people use the expression ever since, too. but I was the first, you were the first that shared it. With um, <laughs> but no, there, are, there are certain, there are certain outcomes from our decisions that maybe aren't the ones that we had thought we wanted or had anticipated. Um, but you know, like the Rolling Stones said, you don't always get what you want, but sometimes you get what you need. Hmm. And if we were a little bit more in line with that, and again, it's the attachment to the outcomes and we say, it's like, okay, well, this is what happened as a result of the decision that I made. This is what has come of it. And again, it's the response to it. It's all our response to it because we only have so much control and response is something we do have control to. Hmm. And through the response and you say, it's like, okay, this has gone this way now. And this is kind of going with the flow thing. All right. This is what's happened with this. It doesn't mean you've been completely derailed. I think that's what like also gets in the way of us is we, and the thing is like, it hasn't derailed us. We've, we can only derail ourselves. And so it's like, okay, well this had this outcome this wasn't necessarily where I thought it was going, but this is where we are. We might as well accept it, that this is where we are. New decision. Like this is life. Like let's get comfortable with this whole fucking process of how this thing goes. No, things don't always, and I won't even say work out. I won't even say like things don't always work out. It's like, I think things always work out the way that they're kind of supposed to work out. Yeah how much in line with this process are we going to be? How, how much at peace with this process are we going to be? How difficult are we going to make this process on ourselves as we're in it, as we're involved with it? Yeah. You know, it's a, it's, it's an interesting thing too, because I mean, like when we can want something, but you know, there's an er like there's an earning to most of what we get. If we, you know, the things that are like, like, I I mean, there's certain things that will come easily, but there's certain things that they take a certain amount of earning. And like, you know, just because you want something doesn't mean you get to bypass the earning process of it either. You know? And I think that, you know, um, I think one of the, one of the challenges we have, and it actually attributes to lack of motivation and it attributes to lack of decision-making is that, we abuse the concepts of like hope and faith where it's like, well, I really like, I want it and I hope it works out. And like, you know, I, and I have a belief it will, but like, I'm not literally doing anything to like make it do so. Like I want to come back times. Like the thing you're not even doing is making a decision. Right. Well, and and (laughs) there, there's, 
there's always like, you know, I want to come back to this whole secret thing. It's like, I believe in having a vision and having a vision board and having a clear idea of what you want. I think all of that's good. Absolutely. But that alone is, is hope and faith that, 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 and, and that's important. You need hope and faith. Look, in my experience without hope and faith, action is pointless. Yeah. It's pointless. So hope and faith are vital, but for hope direction. Yeah. It's direction. Yeah. And you know, for, for hope and faith to become something, there's action, which is equally important, but action without hope and faith or hope and faith without action. It's like, you know, like trying to drive a car with one wheel, you know, you're not going to get anywhere. It's just not going to work. You know, like, you know, you need all the components together to get anywhere and, um, you know, have hope and faith and belief, but also take action but don't just take action without hope and belief, because if you don't even believe or hope or have faith that it's going to work out, your action is pointless anyway. So like, and we've had talks about this before, you know, so people can tune into those, but like, I, I, I think this is the thing, you know, and when I, one thing I've noticed about motivation is that if I'm really connected to my vision and I believe in it and I have hope and I have faith and, and all that, that it'll come true. Yeah. Then I'm a lot more motivated to take the action necessary to make it. So also if I'm taking action and I can see myself like really doing what it takes to get there, it helps reinforce my faith and belief and hope. So like when people have like a crisis of faith, I've had a crisis of faith. It's usually I'm not making decisions and I'm not taking action. It's usually why the crisis of faith is occurring. Yeah. And I think that the whole thing is it, the importance of like action is so important, but the importance of, I mean, making, taking action on decision because that in itself is an action. Yeah. Tony Robbins. the first action. Yeah. He says, if you don't even take an action on a decision, you haven't made a decision. Right. Which I actually kind of agree with. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that like for many of us and for myself, like it's, it's indecision for like not even taking action on making a decision on something, um, is, is so, is so there was something that I was going to go, go on here oh, and I totally lost. No, no, no. It was my, it's, it's my own brain just taking a little vacation here with this IPA. <laughs> 7% baby. Um, <laughs> but yeah, essentially like there's, um, the whole decision and action, um, thing. And oddly enough, that's decision and action are one of the <laughs> elements of dramatic storytelling structure, um, right. Combined together decision and action. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you're always taking an action. You're always taking Even in it. indecision. You're taking action. You, you're just not taking responsibility of the action you're taking or quote unquote, not taking. Yeah. You're yeah. not owning your decision-making either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause the decision not to do the thing is a decision not to do the thing. Like you're, you're, you're still deciding. And, and I mean, if we looked at our, if we looked at ourselves, like, you know, this game, I, I, I want to cut off your story, but yeah. there's this game. I think it's hilarious because it's, it's shown me a lot of, about how ridiculous it is to be a human being. It's this game called the Sims. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. But it's really funny because if you look at the, the structure of it, when you play it, 
you create a sim or a, a series of sims or a bunch of family, whatever, but you're controlling a sim at a time, yeah. right? And so you're like this godlike person over this sim's life. And the sim is going to have things that it wants to do. Like it's going to want to do a comfortable thing. Sometimes it's going to want to sit down and watch TV. And like, you're not getting like your, maybe your, your sim is in college or whatever, or high school and you see homework done, yeah. or maybe they have a job and they have work to do, or maybe they've been right. You've been writing a book or doing a painting or whatever. And so you're watching this sim and it, you know, it goes on autopilot and it goes to do something that it doesn't, it's not productive. And like, it has like a, a gauge, like how much fun it needs or whatever. Right. And like it's fun bar is like pretty much full or whatever. And it's comfort and sleep bar are pretty much full. So it's got energy, but it's not doing like a productive thing. So as a godlike controller, you go, no, you're going to paint your damn painting, or you're going to write your book, or you're going to do your homework, or you're yeah. going to do the thing you need to do. <laughs> and so I, I, I took this game and I thought about myself and I said, what if I was looking at myself like this godlike kind of controller? And I, and I wasn't so much in my body worrying about how I felt. Yeah. I would probably be like, no, you're going to write your damn book. You're not going to sit down and you know, like you're not going to nap right now or whatever it is that you think you want to do because it's more comfortable. And the, the funny thing is, is like, I play this game and my, my Sims will basically get to a point where they'll just thrive in life. They'll just be like super wealthy, totally promoted in their careers. They play guitar, they paint, they write novels. They just do everything. They have a great relationship and I always get to a point they're working out they're fit. And I get to a point where I'm like, why am I not doing this with my own life? Like, why am I not doing exactly this? Like it, like, and it's, it's funny to me because I'm like, I know this stuff works if I just write the book or do the painting or go to the gym, I know I will get the results. Yeah. Yet so many times I don't make that little decision, but with the sim, I make those little decisions. I find this game hilarious because if we looked at our life a little bit more like that, like when you're about to make a decision and you go like, okay, I know how I feel. I'm scared and I'm anxious and I'm all this stuff going on. But if I was watching me right now, what would I do? And I think we'll start making better decisions. Cause like we wouldn't want to live a boring life if we wouldn't want to watch someone live a boring life. We want to watch someone like going for it and doing it. Yeah. And you know what, if you want to watch yourself lead a life where you just sit around and eat, you know, eat chips and watch television. And I'm not saying anything's wrong with that, but if that's what you want to do, then do that, but fully do that. Cause that's what you want to do. Yeah. But if you really see like there's something else for yourself, fully do that. But I just find it a funny game because like, I think sometimes we just have to remove ourselves from our body a little bit yeah. and kind of almost like oversee ourselves. And those decisions where you go like, you know, there's that question is like, who do I want to be? But like even better, put your name in into it. Like who is Brandon Colby cook? Mm. You know, who, who, who is he? And then when I look at that and I put my name behind it, I start to go, well, maybe I want to do maybe I don't want to sit around and eat chips all day. Maybe, I, maybe I want to yeah. go to the gym right now, or maybe I want to go and and, and, and go and make this movie or write yeah. this book, you know? And at sometimes I want to sit on the couch and eat chips and that's okay. And that's okay. There's as long no, as you're deciding to do it. Exactly. There's no problem with any of the decisions, you know, and, and you don't have to, you don't like, and nobody has to do anything. Like, yeah. We don't have to write the book or, or go to the gym. We don't have to do that we just have to go inside ourselves and go like, what would I want for myself? Had I been watching myself, you know? And I think like too often 
we're just giving into body feelings or we're making excuses about like, Oh, my parents didn't take care of me or treat me right or whatever. Or these teachers didn't believe in me. I don't know, but it's so easy to make excuses to why you're not doing what you really want to do. Yeah. And at the end of the day, none of that stuff matters. Like we all got to grow up at some point or not, but and and maybe make some decisions and go like, okay, well, this is what I want for my life. And I mean, I think if you're listening to this podcast, you want wisdoms like this. You want someone to help your perspective shift a little so you can go, Hey, you know what? Maybe that's all I needed. Maybe there's someone on the end of this podcast going, you know what? That's the thing I needed. I just need to like get out of my body a little bit, look at myself from like above and see myself in action and go, what would I do right now? If I could just can tell myself what to do and that's all they need. And that perspective shift is enough to change your entire life. Yeah. And that's, and, and that's the beauty of like, do, like listening to podcasts like this and, and, and us connecting is we clear on this stuff and we start to go, okay, because not everybody's going to be the same, but if it, if that changed one person's life or helped one person, then it was worth it, you know? Yeah. And I mean, yeah. And, and one decision too can change your whole life. You can just decide, oh, yeah. okay, from now on, this is how I'm going to start doing my life. Yeah. 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 And I think that, um, what I was going to sort of like get into, okay. It's, it's still all, all, all fit in here. It's like, but decision is the precursor to action. You know, you, it is the first thing that you have to do at the very least. You know, I agree with, Mr. Tony Robbins is that it's like, yes, there's action is, is required, but that decision is still the first, the first thing that has to happen Yeah. in order to generate the action. It's Otherwise kind of it's like a decision's kind of like planting a seed and the action is like to water it. Like, like the first action is like to actually give it a chance to grow. Yeah. You know, like, cause I think and like you can make a decision or we can make decisions, but if we don't do anything with it, we haven't really like put anything behind it. So yeah. it's just a thought, but I agree. Yeah. It starts with the decision. It starts with that seed and then an action mm-hmm. to like make that seed grow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing is too, is that it's like, and again, with this whole response, you make your decision, you, you, it directs you in a certain way. And, and when you get out of being so worried about what the outcome of it is all going to be and treat it as more with a sense of adventure and mystery. It's like, okay, this is what I'm, I'm doing. I'm making this, this decision. We're going to see what happens. Right. And you know, maybe things don't work out in a certain way. Then you just, you make another decision. That's all there is to it. You just make a new decision and it's not the end of the fucking world. Yeah. And that's the big thing. It's like, it's never going to be the end of the world and it's never going to be the, like the, the end success of everything either. Right. It's never going to be that big of a deal. Yeah. No matter what, really, you know, as long as you're making decisions that don't harm yourself, don't harm somebody else and don't break other people's shit. It's pretty, pretty general, straightforward stuff. Most of us don't make those kinds of decisions with that intention. Yeah. Right. You're making decisions automatically pretty much for some kind of improvement to create some sort of positive movement in your life just make the decisions, see what happens, respond. No. And no matter what, there's going to be another decision. Maybe it was massively successful and something amazing happened in your life. Guess what? It's not that big a deal still. Cause there you are. Yeah. No matter where you go, there you are. <laughs> right. As they say, I remember who come up, who said that one. I don't remember either, but 
it's like you make another decision. Yeah. You just keep, you just keep moving. You just keep experiencing. I mean, that's, that's really, I think what life is all about is being alive and having experiences and this whole process of how we do this, of decisions and, and, and actions and response. That's kind of how this whole thing goes on. I don't know. I know. Maybe. You, I, I, I don't you, know. I, I don't know what I, I have. You know more than you let on. So. Yeah, I know. I, I think <laughs> that this is, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I have anything really more to say no. necessarily about this. Um, I think anybody who's having motivation issues, start making decisions. I mean, if you're not motivated, make a decision, commit to that decision and, and go do something about it. It's just like, you know, even if you're like, but I don't feel like it, but you know, you, sh- you want to, or you should, or whatever your thing is like, you, you know, it's, you value it, just go do it, get in motion, see what it's like, respond and then, you know, and get yourself moving. I think, I think the reason why we get unmotivated is because we, we get stuck in indecision. And yeah. like, you know, one thing I've been doing, and this has been really helpful is like when I play video games, I play video games 100%. I'm only playing video games. Yeah. And then when I'm watching a show, I'm watching a show. And when I go for a walk, I go for a walk. And when I do my work, I do my work. And when I'm writing, I'm writing. And when I'm hanging out with a friend, I'm fully hanging out with a friend. You know, I've been really being mindful about taking as much percent of myself as possible and totally doing that thing. And it has, it has helped monumentally for me. And I think that, you know, sometimes I I don't think we need to do really big things. If you're like totally stuck and maybe you're like in a depressed state or whatever, you don't have to, you don't have to change the whole world. Sometimes all you got to do is be like, okay, like the other night, for example, I got an inertia. I was watching a, a show and I'm watching the show and I'm enjoying the show, but I started to get to a point where I was watching show for so long, this is binge watching episodes. Yeah. I got to a point where I was watching the show so long that I started to get in this weird state of kind of like, I don't really want to watch the show anymore, but I'm so comfortable watching the show. <laughs> and so I was like, like, I kind of want to have a shower and go for a walk. Yeah. And so I was like struggling with that, but I was like, okay, I don't even like, and I didn't feel like getting up and having a shower, but like, I knew it's like what I wanted to do. I, I, and then I just did it. I got up, I had a shower and the moment I was in the shower, I'm like, this is so good. I'm so ready to fucking yeah. do my next thing. Totally. But I needed to like, just shift gears a little bit, you know? Yeah. And I think sometimes that's all it is. It's like, we just got to shift our gear. Yeah. Try something different and then respond and you'll, yeah. you'll figure it out and make these decisions a little more automatic. Don't yeah. Make them so precious. And I actually realizing that, you know, where we started this conversation was about, you know, this whole thing of judgment about maybe being selfish or being self-centered and about, you know, actually, um, going for the things you want. And I think where this kind of ties together, how this all kind of funnels into each other in, in a way is that, making decisions is a gift you give yourself. Mm-hmm. Like it really is a gift that you give yourself is to make some decisions. It's a way that we can honor ourselves and honor our authenticity and the things that we want is by making decisions and by really, um, and by really standing by them. That's really well put. Well, and, and since we're wrapping it up, I, you know, I would say with, you know, cause we did start with the whole selfish thing and we started with all of that. I mean, I think make some decisions for you, like unapologetically for what you want. And, 
don't worry so much about if your decision is like, if everybody's going to approve or whatever, like, you know, just look at it this way, make a decision for you and, and just make a decision that doesn't hurt you. doesn't hurt anybody else. and doesn't break anything. Yeah. If it's, you're just scared of it, then do it, you know? But if it's like, well, this is going to like, for example, like you could steal something like that's going to hurt somebody else. You know what I mean? So don't do that. That's someone else's stuff. But like, if it's go talk to this person I like, or go write that novel or go, you know, or go like enroll into an acting class or do this painting or call this person like, and, and hurting your ego doesn't count. Yeah. Like it needs to like physically or hurt you or like cause damage. Like your ego gets hurt all the time. Your your ego is not relevant and it's going to be like, well, but if we call them, they might not like us. Not like someone liking you or not liking you is not damage. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. Like, you know, you know how to be respectful enough. I'm, I'm assuming that people on the other, other end of this, you know how to be considerate enough and you're not going out to harm that person. If you're not going out to do that, you just want to connect with them and they don't like you. That doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean any less of you. It's just simply part of like you reaching out and you'll get better. Like it doesn't have to work out the first two times either. Yeah. You know, and I just want to throw one more thing into this year. Do it is, you know, making decisions for ourselves, but then also, you know what, if we make a decision that's for somebody else. And I don't mean making decisions for someone else, but you make a decision, um, because of somebody else's interest or somebody else's feelings, it's still your decision. That's a really good point. And if you make that decision, there's still something you're getting out of it. Right. So no matter you're getting out of it, Yeah. no matter what you're, you're still making decisions for yourself. And that's kind of where we began this conversation is that no matter what they're like, both of these things exist it's for yourself and for other people always. Right. And if both of those things aren't, aren't there, then everybody's getting screwed. (laughs) Well, yeah, totally. And like sacrifice is bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you got to see yourself in there. Yeah. Well, this was fun. Yeah, it was. (laughs) That's so serious. That was our show for today. Thanks a lot for listening and being a part of this. If you enjoyed our conversation, please subscribe and share with your friends and family, or you can learn more and message us at www.thebndpodcast.com. Oh, and make sure to leave a comment and rate us on iTunes. That will really help us out a lot. It definitely will. Thanks.